Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. We are here with our very first Peacock show. Shout out to Peacock Vampire Academy based on the novels by Rochelle Mead. Now, us three, if, if, you, if you're return listeners, we are the, the boys you're coming back. We were, we're the main hosts on the boys. So I like Did to you even say introduce that us yet. It is Kathleen, Brian and Paul. If you were Kathleen, wondering, Brian the names. and Paul, I actually when I do intros, I never say the names. I should say that. Yeah, you got to let them know. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to break up your flow. Brian, Kathleen and Paul. <laughs> um, no, no, it's OK. But I like to say that um, Brian is the Vampire Diaries, Stan, as he will tell you a million times if you've heard our True Blood pitch down. I am mm. the True Blood Stan, a.k.a. I've only I'm only halfway through the series. And Paul is our Twilight fan. Okay? All day. All, All day. day. Wow. We really do have our bases covered. I'm we excited do. for those. So we've got the vampire lore down. We love fantasy. If this is your first time listening to Binge Town, we cover all different kinds of fantasy, sci-fi. We fucking love it. But we should say that the reason we're covering this is because our BFF and friend of the pod, Jason Diaz, is our boy Andre on the show. Love that guy. RIP to the boy. <laughs> yeah. He had a hot scene or two. But he killed it. I'm thinking he comes back. Short lived, but never forgotten. And we've already seen him in a dream sequence. So, no, I am not. Even though we saw a tombstone, which is usually pretty final. I'm not writing our boy off. Fingers crossed. Plus, Jason Diaz, the homie. The homie. Uh, Yeah, he's the man. For those of you that don't know, he is like one of the original friends of the pod. He's been a long time. Binge town homie. But while we're talking about him, I might as well just say my theory in one of the scenes, the amazing called sexiest scene when he's banging Mm. this chick that he doesn't (laughs) even know his name of um, his pants are around his ankles. I don't know what that was. I think I don't. It was either a scene to show that he was kind of like a bad boy behind all like the proper facade or she's pregnant. And that'll be big because that'll be like a Dragomir lineage continued. But like, have we seen her? Is yeah, it's the... Tatiana. Oh, it is Tatiana. Okay. That, Tatiana? I want to think okay. double check. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Because I wrote her name down on the episode one and was like, I-, I feel like I could just take this out. She doesn't seem important. And then a few episodes later, they were like Tatiana Vogel. I was like, oh, shit. So that's my overall theme is why wow. I heard not theme theory. Why I think he's coming back is because he is scheming with her. Probably. I think I think he's actually bad. Well, that is a theory. He seemed like a good guy to me. He seemed like very charismatic, just like and everybody within the (laughs) room. Wow. (laughs) Don't you dare put that. You know what? You just made my my point I was trying to make go off the rails. (laughs) I don't know why you're trying to villainize this dude. What I was trying to say is he was very likable. He seemed very well respected. Like when Lissa kind of rose to secession everybody was like lissa why her but everybody kind of seemed to just be like yeah andre's a really good pick for the next line of secession whatever so i was very sorry to see him go um he's not a villain get the hell out of here tatiana though she's scheming um and i completely forgot that she banged andre in that episode that is going to be huge Um, did you forget uh to go off your i actually on that ass I actually kind of agree with you about Andre Bundy. Like, I think he could be bad. Like, I actually had a thought, like, what if the Stragoy somehow end up 
being like good and the Royals are the ones that are like really the bad guys and, and making the lives of the other ones diminished. But that was like a quick thought I had. I didn't think about, I almost called him. I'm going to keep calling him Jason uh, Andre if, if he ended up being bad, but I could see like all the other Royals, like um, Ozera's wait, no Christian, the Ozeras. That's his surname. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Let's talk through that actually, because I I have some questions. On I wrote as much as I could down about like each of the three different segments and the different kinds mm-hmm. of vampires. Um, I have some questions. So one, and we'll just say none of us have read the books, so we are working strictly on. Um, what we're getting from the show, what they're telling us and like exposition and shit like that. So Maroi vampires make the rules. So there are ro- royal and non-royal Maroi. What I don't really understand is why it's one or the other and how they become that. What I understood is maybe the council kind of picks like the Dominion picks certain families and those are royal and then the rest are Maroi, but they're not royal, which is was confusing me. Yeah, and in the first scene we got, we kind of had them in the limo, and and they ch- it was oh man, sorry, it's um it's it's gonna take a second to catch up with it's, all the names. Um, but Dimitri, Victor, Mia, and so oh yeah, Victor, Mia. So Victor so, was yeah. driving, and and yes, his uh his two, I guess one of his goddaughters, both goddaughters, I'm not sure. It's Sonia and Mia in the car, and I think they're his daughters, both of them. I don't know how they were born but i'm he's they both call him like dad so yeah uh i think they have different last name mia's last name is rinaldi okay and sonia's last name is something different but i think victor is sonia's father that's what i was picking up on it wasn't very clearly defined if i'm being honest that said though victor's eyes were purple so he is a dead-on royal mirai Mm-hmm. The other two were the golden eyes, right? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, this was where it gets confusing. The rest, I think I got it down, but the Maroy's royal or not was confusing me. I mean, Mia's obviously mm-hmm. very butthurt about not being well, a royal. To continue off of that, it can your eyes change from gold to purple? Uh, like, can you become a, a royal Maroy? Did that happen? Or so, am, I, am I misremembering? Mia was going to marry Andre, which would have then made her royal. I don't okay. know what that does to your eyes or wh- how you can change via marriage. But like even later when we find out that um, once Lissa's family dies, she can no longer be head of household because she doesn't have enough family. Right. She can't even have a vote at the council or the dominion or whatever you want to call it. So she had to marry someone else. I don't know if she had to because they had to have dragon blood. So I don't know if every single dragon across the board is royal. So then royal plus royal. I, that, that's it, where it also it, seems like over the generations, there's been a lot of intermingling amongst the royal family. So it seems like a lot of people have like trace essence of everybody, every other royal family's blood. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That said, we might be pigeonholing to this. The one important distinction about the royal versus non-royal Mirai is brought up in the most recent episode because Victor says we should pull the guardians off of non-royal Mirai, which puts his husband or significant other in direct danger. 
because yeah, so he is a non-royal Mirai. So I guess if you marry into it, then you are kind of okay. elevated in status, get your own guardian. I don't know. I, one thing that I will say is I like the nuance and all the details of this political system, all the bloodlines. I thought it was very good world building. And after four episodes, I'm still like a little confused and figuring it out. And I think that's part of what this show has done well so far for me. Yeah, I guess now would be a good time to give our initial thoughts yeah. of the first four episodes of yeah. We kind of yeah, dove, right <laughs> dove in, but we're excited to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, I binged the last four episodes, you know, past day and a half. And to be honest, like, was it the best acting I've ever seen? No, but it's a good story. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in. It's a really cool world. I love the, the, the different... Um, you know, factions, factions are always fun if they're done well. I love the powers. I love pretty much like the eyes. I, just it's a cool little detail. I'm really excited for where this can go. And I don't know. I, I mean, I'm in. There's a couple scenes that, you know, it's not going to win any Emmys or anything like that, but it's still really entertaining. Yeah, for my part, I got to agree. And one of the showrunners on this show, Julie Plex, she was the showrunner on Vampire Diaries stylistically it is very very similar however that is kind of where the similarities end all of the rules that go into the vampires are completely different i think vampires are the only component that translates over and of course they got that girl like oh vampire diaries amazing 10 out of 10 show just do it again with a different vampire story um and she's bringing the heat the world building has been great through four episodes like i said i love the bloodline i love the royal family i kind of love the aesthetic of like this modern renaissance like all of their gowning and stuff i hate the contrast that the guardians are in like sweatsuits and shit but like you know, uh, one of us in the text said it's it's kind of like CW-esque. The pilot was like, oh, my gosh, in some points. But I think they really found their footing in episode two and then three and four. They kind of quelled any fears that I had that this wasn't going to be like a great quality show. I disagree with you, Paul. I thought the acting was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think characters are doing stuff that is really pissing me off. Like Rose, take a chill pill, girl. You're too hot headed. And to compare one final thing to Vampire Diaries, Elena, she was so quick to go to the damsel in distress, always playing the victim. And I feel like that's what we have with our girl, Lissa, unfortunately. Oh, Christian Ozera, help me with my old Maroi. Oh, I'm not going to pass the specialization. And then right when he saves her skin, she's just like, I didn't need your help. I would have figured it out. No, you wouldn't have. You would have gotten sent to the goulash like Sonya did. Whatever. <laughs> So I got big emotions, strong emotions about the show. Kathleen, tell the people what your thoughts are. Sure. Um, I love it. Four episodes in. Again, I agree with almost everything you're saying. Like, I'm the one who said it was CW-esque. I fucking love a CW show. I like all of the, the world building stuff, like the benchmark test, the specialization ceremonies, the tribunal, like things like that. I almost loved everything with the guardians the most i think rose is such a good character she's such like a feisty badass bitch i love that her mom janine is like the baddest guardian of all times like i love that gender isn't really a thing here like andre was gonna be it so they were like all right Lisa can do it it's not like in contrast we're watching house of the dragon right now we're covering that as well and it's like women can't do shit in a woman on the throne (laughs) exactly crazy 
But this is like a wonderfully diverse cast. Everyone is beautiful. And um, I think that it's going to just pick up as it goes. I think in the beginning, like I said, there's so much like exposition. They're trying to like throw the world building at you as much as they can and explain as much as they can. I think they're doing a decent job at it. Um, Of course, I'm still going to be confused about some things. I've had to like rewind. I've also like mistakenly looked at the wiki for some things um, just to be like, who is Mia's dad? Like, you know what I mean? I was just Googling to make yeah. sure, confirm things. It's actually not as good as you would think. Like the wikis aren't as built up for having like mm-hmm. six books. I don't know if um, th- the, they just even do that for books or whatever. But anyway, I like it. I'm pumped to dive in. So after we cover these four episodes in this this week's podcast episode, we're going to go week to week. So this will be a lot of like hodgepodge. We're just going to talk about whatever we want, dig in. And then next week will be a little bit more of like more detail. But again, we're just going to have fun with it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, should we jump into the rest of the types of vampires? Yeah, why not? The Maroi are royalty. We don't know exactly what the difference between non- there are more more Roy than just the Royal Maroi, and I think mm-hmm. we're waiting on some of the details of the nuance there. Uh, the Dampier would be our second class of citizen, and they are human vampire hybrids, I guess you would say. And are kind they? of the, I, well, aren't they born from? Oh, well, I guess okay. The the procreation protocol Dampiers are made from a from a Maroi man and a Dampier female. So I think it's all vampire. They're all vampires, right? Don't they're all vampires. Wait. Yeah, they're all, all yeah. three of them are vampires. OK, yeah. I think you're there right. There are the humans eyes. in the mix. There are humans in the mix. Mm-hmm. Is is Jesse's girl he's banging at in the car a, a, a human? Yes. Uh, so the way I was taking it, like in the intro of every episode, they say we used to live among the world of the humans, but not anymore. So I yeah. figure wherever this castle is, wherever all the vampires chill, it's super secluded. But um, his girl is uh what she called a blood whore a feeder right <laughs> if, if they're yeah there's a there's it's not a blood a f- horse <laughs> and then there's That's feeders they're, they're the same thing there's just you know the royal feeders the ones that feed the uh the maroi they're the ones that have like the gowns and like go lay in the the cafeteria if you yeah. will um that's <laughs> nuts that's just so wild just sitting there and they're like what you're not hungry you don't want some of this neck I believe we did get a, vi- a glimpse or two of the human world. Yeah, it seems like they can go out and interact with them, but it's like frowned upon, especially if you're one of the royals. Anyway, the Dampier, just to continue along that vein, they kind of have one of two fates. Either you can go into guardian training. That's why all of our people are at the academy right now. They're in like guardian training so that you can be the guardian to one of the Maroi. Otherwise, you get sent to what was the word for it? Communes. A commune where essentially you can raise a family and just churn out more babies. Yeah. there And their third is become a blood whore. I have that written down. Guardian, communes, blood whore. So there's three options. I think blood whore is like the worst of them all. So that's, that's what they say in one of the episodes. Did we have blood whore defined? I think a blood whore is, is a vampire. I don't know if vampires can feed off of other vampires blood in this in this lore. So the lore in this, I have a few things written down. So there was the human treaty of 1947. 
three things. Stick to certain roadways. They say avoid humans and don't reveal your identity by by any circumstances. Right. So that is like that. So guardians can be outside in the light, which is very interesting. Um, Maroi will burn, but not like burst into flames immediately. They they can just be under an umbrella, which is different than other vampire shows I've I've watched you can't even be like in any sort of sunlight. It can't touch you. Not not direct sunlight, not any sunlight. We got a quick scene where it almost looks like it freezes and paralyzes you. Um, I think it was Mia was like woke up, but there was sun coming in from the window and she couldn't move until Meredith went to, to close the shades. So I don't know if she was just like getting weak from the sun and couldn't move Mm. or if it legitimately paralyzes you. I thought that was like, she got trapped in a corner of the room because there was sunlight everywhere else in the room. So she was like, fuck, I can't walk Uh, through the sunlight. I thought I heard the the sizzling, the burning, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what I think does happen. You do get burned, but only if you're a Maroi. Um, Also, it's important to note that both the Maroi and the Dampier are mortal. So they have finite lives which is a distinction between those two groups and our third group, the Strigoi. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in all of vampire lore, you can either be like the cool broody vampire, or you can go full on vampire and embrace the animalistic in vampire diaries. They call it losing your humanity. You can just flip the switch and become like a maniac vampire. But I kind of like the rules to become a Strigoi in this universe. It is, you have to feed on a human to the death and that turns you into a Strigoi. The second way is if you ingest Strigoi blood and I actually forget the third way. They can turn you by feeding you their blood. You accidentally kill while you feed and that's a punishment or you choose to kill and that is what turns you. Right. So I guess those last two are kind of the same. Yeah. It's just killing while feeding. Right. Yeah, I I don't think but but I think the intention is there. Like, I think if you choose to kill, you immediately turn like I don't know (laughs) how that would. That's how I understood it, though. Like if if you didn't mean it, like, I don't know if intention actually matters or not. They do sound very similar. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Also, just to go off the Maroi and the Dampier, they are mortal, but it seems like they still live an extended amount of time. I think the queen is celebrating mm-hmm. what her 200th birthday. So they're, they're mortal, but they have like double or more of a human lifespan. They're vampires. They should be special in some way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Strigoi can't enter the walls of these academies or like St. Jude's, St. Vladimir's are supposed to burst into flames. As we saw, there was a breach in St. Jude's, but um, we saw a couple times that they, if they run through the um, kind of the the wall, they call them the wards, right? Wards, yeah. yeah. Which almost brings up another thing. There's a magic system to this. I feel like in most vampire lore, you're a vampire or you're not. But in this one, if you're a Maroi vampire, you get fucking avatar powers too. You get an element, which is dope. So dope. Nuts. Nuts. And I mean, they're barely touched upon but the monks the ones that actually put up the wards they seem to be like the the real magic studious magic ones Mm -hmm. so that's crazy that's just like a whole other aspect how are the monks are the monks also vampires or are they just like other it's there's a lot of questions and hopefully they over time can answer them because like we said it's only episode four but it is there's so much going on and it's really cool i like it 
we really haven't seen any of the Marui outside of Christian use any of their elemental powers. Am I correct in saying that? Because I would assume the Marui, if they have these powers, wouldn't they have some abilities to defend themselves against the against the Strigoi? Like, why do they just need to simp for their guardians? Like, well, that we're was that was one hundred percent my biggest gripe when Christian goes to meet his parents and and he's just standing there watching the Strigoi come at him. And I'm like, dude, don't you play with fire for fun? Like, can't you defend? I I watched you like help out uh, Lissa during her ceremony whatever it's called why are you just standing there and pretending like don't you can't control fire so do you think that they can um create fire out of nothing or do you think no. that the fire has to be around in order for them to manipulate it or the water or the earth or there you know what i mean i guess air is always there but like water and earth and fire does it have to already exist to move it kind of like starlight right she can't do shit without actual physical light to work with yeah, think, I think he carries think a lighter. I'm pretty yeah. sure Kristen carries a lighter around, so he he can't create it. He can only like manipulate it, like okay. Pyro from X Men, because I watched so, it last weekend. Oh. Let me ask a question about Shergoy. So obviously, Christian's parents were uh, Royal Maroy before they kind of defected into Strigoyism, Um, which is obviously Christian is such an outcast. I love his character. I'm like full in on Christian. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, I like him and Lissa together, even though Rose is the one I'm really fully invested in her like love affairs and shit. I fucking love both Mason and um, Dimitri. So I am just full in on Rose right now. And me and Meredith, obviously. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but I guess my question is, I can't remember what how they, um, what they called an eye zombie, but basically an eye zombie, when you're scratched, you turn pale, you get white hair, mm -hmm. but you can live as a zombie as long as you continue to eat brains. If you don't eat brains, you start to just devolve into this monster zombie. You can't even help it. You're just like a, a walk, uh, like a walking dead zombie. Basically, you have no nothing behind the eyes. Um, do you think that's what happens with the Strigoi? Like Christian's parents, do you think that they're just like some sort of evolved since they were royal? They're like a more evolved Strigoi, or do you think you slowly devolve? What do you think? Well, first off, it seems like everybody talks about it like they made the intentional switch to Strigoi and the way that they present the rules, it kind of seems like an overnight flip the switch, you turn into a Strigoi pretty quick. That said, I don't think we know enough about it to understand why they have more mental cognition than others. I am assuming it has something to do with the fact that they were Royal Maroi because it doesn't seem very common that many of the royalty choose to do this switch. They seem to be kind of an anomaly in that way. I'm also not 100% convinced that that 100% was his mother in Strigoi form that we saw there. Like, why was she being so shady? I don't want you to see me yet. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm not convinced it's his mother. I mean, maybe she said, I don't want you to see me because her face was beat man facts. she yeah facts. she looks bad when you go to Strigoi. it's like it's like almost like the leper like i don't want you to see me i look i look crazy but um i don't know i i totally agree with you brian it seems like we got her saying in the fourth episode the mother that is uh, christian's mom saying we wanted to live together forever so that's why yeah they did what they did but i feel like they easily could have gotten tricked into drinking this you know more roy 
or I'm sorry, Strigoi blood, because we see vampires everywhere fucking putting droppers of blood into the champagne and drinking it. And I'm like, dude, if that's all it takes, you could easily get, you know, accidentally ingest some and then bam, came over. But also, Brian, just wanted to say, loved, love that idea of the Moroy, uh, the, the Royals have better cognition if they go over to Strigoi. I kind of like that a lot because they were saying, you know, for centuries they've been studying Strigoi. They hunt in twos and threes rarely. Yeah. So now that they're planning and they're actually testing, it seems like, all right, there's some mastermind behind everything. And it could be, you know, a royal vampire that switched to Strigoi. And now he's, you know, organizing everything. Like, and I, they, they'll kill me because none of the hardcore Game of Thrones people are on here. But the guy mm-hmm. beyond the wall. Um, Benjamin he, Stark? Yeah, no, no. Who got all the wildlings Old together? Hands. Mance Raider. Yes, I believe that's correct. Yeah, how dare like you Mance say Raider. none of the Game of Thrones diehards is on here? You got one right here. I'm okay. on the House of Dragon coverage. Okay, House so, of Dragon. You know what? I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> two different shows. Two different shows. Um, however, Paul, I do want to say you said you look bad when you're a Strigoi. From the show's production standpoint, the Strigoi look on point. They are feral. They look terrifying. And the gruesome detail they did, the dude's jaw was off after the St. Jude's massacre. Like, they look terrifying. So thumbs up there. I wanted to call that so bad. I was like, as soon as Christian got the box and opened it up um, and it was a jaw, I was like, Xavier's jaw. But couldn't do it. But it's there's so much going on, though. It's it's wild in only four episodes. They did kind of introduce a lot of storylines happening, a lot of cool pairings like, you know, Christian and Rose going and doing that book thing. You know, it's, it's kind of like magicians where it's almost like each episode that kind of pair off the groupings of the main characters. And it would still be interesting, but something completely new. Um, and it's been enjoyable. And Brian, just to just to clarify, I wasn't saying that the acting's bad. I'm just saying it's not the best acting. It's not, it's not it's not Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. You know, it's 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 not the best acting I've ever seen. But it is you. it is really good. It's it's honestly a little bit like a few changes away from being a pretty elite show, in my opinion. You know, just not even from the acting standpoint. Maybe some of the producing standpoint would help it from from the way they handle like the dramatic scenes. But it's it's really close to being like a high tier fantasy level show for me four episodes in yeah and one of the hallmarks of a great cw show is that there are actors who nobody has heard of that come in do a season and then in the subsequent seasons they just like lock down that role and make it their absolute own so if we have enough time to flesh out these characters these actors are going to do it big i agree who's your who's your favorite character boy and girl let's do one and one like right off the bat, who, who you're going to say? I'll, I could go first. Go ahead. I'm going to say I think Sonia is like such an interesting character. But you're going to say Mia. I was like, don't you dare say Mia. <laughs> Why? Oh, oh my god me all she does is sit there and complain yeah she does it's true i was just genuinely curious why um sonia and um shit no i'm not sure who for a boy i mean i i really like dimitri he's so handsome and i think him and rose are gonna smooch but i also like mason so i i'm like that's a good love triangle big fan 
I'm not the biggest Mason fan personally, although I do like that he finally put his foot down, stopped simping, and was just like, you've kind of been a bitch to me. But my favorite characters, I agree. I think Sonya is the female character that I'm most interested in. I don't think Rose has objectively given me enough to root for her. She's just like the classic hot-tempered, short-fused character, which I respect, but like she hasn't won me over yet. Uh, My favorite guy character... I love Dimitri, but I'm going to go with Christian. I think he's just got a lot going on and I want to know more about his family and he's been good support to the main character. So I'm all about that. Yeah, I think when I have to go Christian number two for guy and Dimitri number one, Dimitri, a.k.a. Hunkulees. He's a beast. He really he really grew on me. You know, episode one, they they kind of introduced him and taken down Rose. And I'm like, who's this fucking meathead? And now, you know, a few episodes later, I'm like, dude, I'll fucking die for Dimitri. He's so cool. So Christian's awesome the way he's just like kind of like smart and nerdy almost because he knows old Maroy. Like he knows how to use his element. But, you know, Christian's Christian's who you want to marry at the end of the day. I'm sorry. Dimitri is who you want to marry at the end of the day. When he Um, pulled out the Rosa of it all, the Russian, like at the end, I was like, yeah. So. I was wondering if that was if that was, yeah, just as Russian bleeding through or if there was a Rosa from his past and it was like a Freudian slip like. Interesting. I had a previous flame named Rosa and now I'm seeing the parallels. I don't know. I kind of hate their relationship. I would have rather heard. But I don't like Mason. I just don't like Dimitri and Rose together. I don't like the teacher mentee relation, like romantic sure. relationship. It seems inappropriate given both of their standing. Like, I don't know. That's just me. This Dimitri's is- a man of duty. And at some point he's going to put Rose above his duty. And I'm going to be like, ah, I liked him because he put duty above all else. Um, okay. Two things. One, you said duty three times. and I find that funny. Two. And this is coming from the Twilight guy, right? The ultimate love triangle, you know, Bella, Edward, or Jacob. Yeah. Oh. I hate love triangles. I don't like love triangles. Somebody gets hurt every time and it hurts me. Um, but I honestly, I hate the love triangle between Rose, Mason, and Dimitri. I don't know. I, I'd be happy with her if she ended up with either, but I feel bad for either of the guys because yeah they both seem to really actually care about her. And, you know, Mason was there first. He was trying to be the good friend and literally not have sex with her because she was in a vulnerable spot. And I'm like, all right, that's like the sign of a really good boyfriend. And then Dimitri, AKA Hunkulees comes in. See, I don't know. I, I don't. Okay. So I like Mason because yeah, he simps over her, but in a way that like he genuinely respects her. And like, again, I'm going to bring up like the female male of it all. It doesn't matter. Like everyone knows she's the best. Like everyone's looking at Mason being like, well, you got to beat Rose. Good luck with that. Like, and it's literally fucking fist fighting. It's hand combat like that. That is so sick that she's the best. And he like still respects her and is like, that's that's my girl. That's awesome. And I love friendship. And he's a good friend. Like he didn't bang her when she wanted to. He was like, let's maybe just talk for a sec. And I was glad that he stuck up for himself and was like, because I I like, again, more world building. His dad is royal and lives in 
some somewhere else and just doesn't call. Didn't they Demetrius? say Christian Jason. says like he's royal? Can he just yeah. like call? No, not Dimitri's Christians. Yeah, Mason. Mason. Wait. Sorry. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Mason. 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 Gotcha. Mason. And they're like, can he just demand he come visit or whatever? And Mason's like, he didn't ask. He doesn't care. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yep. And so That's... I love when he was like, you didn't ask why I want to win this. Like why I want to win whatever it was called. And I love that. I'm like, yeah, girl, Rose is so she's her head so far up her own ass and Lissa's at the same time. It's like all the way he, up. He put her on blast in a good way there. I think she's going to show character growth from that. And she already showed growth when Mason ran after Christian seeing his mom and she was just like, ah, I just did the same thing as, you No, I'm going to tell Dimitri and they'll take care of it because that's the proper thing to do. So I'm glad we're already seeing that growth out of her while we're on the topic of that love triangle. I want to point out the two other named guardians. I, it's Alberta and the dude who's hooking up with Sonia. Mikhail. And I forget. Mikhail is Mikhail. Love him. I feel like he might be a casualty of Sonia's darkness exhibiting itself. I hope not because I do like him and Sonia needed a good guy and found it. And Alberta just seems like an all around badass, like leader of the guardians at St. Vladimir's. Yep. So I like her. Let's talk about Lissa's power now that we're here. So in episode two, earth, air, water, fire is the title. Those are also the four elements known elements. So obviously as you watch, you learn that there are these kind of like, um, this lore within the lore that there's other elements, this spirit mm-hmm. is, is what it's called, whatever. There's like old ancient texts about it, but nobody believes it's real, whatever. It's blasphemy to talk about it now. Exactly. So basically in order at this point, you still think that she could become the queen. And so she has to specialize and she goes, she's already knows her family knows Andre knew Rose knew, like she does not know if she's going to be able to specialize. She's never shown any, sort of affinity for any of the four. Um, and I was thinking at the ceremony that she was going to be all four at some point. Like she was going to like really, yep. and all of a sudden she's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> like, this, and I was glad it wasn't actually. <laughs> I was really glad it wasn't because I was like, damn. Like This is coming from the girl who hasn't seen Avatar The Last Airbender yet. Somehow. No, I have not. But that's exactly what I was getting. I was like, yeah, she's going to be master of all four. She can't specialize in one. She's going to specialize in all of them. So and not that he knew it at the time, but they find out later that there is this fifth element. They call it being a spirit user. And if you're not one of the four, then you're probably a spirit user. And if you connect the dots, Sonia kind of had a rough go at it after she was found out to be one of these spirit users. They sent her they sent her away and they're alluding to. The time away was not very pleasant for her. She came back like rattled to her core. I am theorizing that the Maroi, or at least the royalty, are very aware of spirit users and that they want to control them with an iron fist. They do not want them out and about because that would be a threat to their power. So I think they identified Sonia, said, get this bitch out of here, brainwasher, so she doesn't use compulsion against us. Um, and I think they would have done the same with Lissa if Christian did not bail her out. Agreed. Yeah, Thank that you. actually makes a lot of sense that I didn't think of. I literally thought that the, you know, the royals were just ignorant of this fifth element. They're like, oh, she she doesn't, you know, she can't use all four. Let's just, you know, milk every last ounce of, of you know, being out of her, giving her electroshock therapy is what they said. Yeah. But 
now that you mentioned that, Brian, that totally seems just like a way to ensure their safety. Of yeah, because like if someone didn't have a specialty, why would you be like, nah, we're going to torture this person? Right. And you actually, wouldn't. You'd Brian, just be like, oh, OK. That's a great point, because I don't think I realized that people like anybody knew besides maybe her dad's that Sonia was a spirit. Because why would they still let her? Obviously, she could still do stuff. Like, it's yeah. so funny that my notes in, in the second episode when she's introduced, it's like cute bird girl, like as if that she's <laughs> not just going to be the coolest yeah. character of the entire series. One of the most <laughs> rare powers. Yeah, but so sick. Um, I love that Mikhail, like what? I hope that Mikhail still has good intentions the whole season. I hope that he doesn't for some reason, like, no, I'm not getting Switch. that vibe. But like maybe he knew someone like sent him in to do something. I don't know. I really hope not. But <laughs> hope they're not. so I, yeah. cute together. I hope he doesn't get turned off by the downside of the being able to use the spirit mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but just to continue with that theory, Brian, and why it totally makes sense. You know, the the author of the spirit user book or whatever, who didn't write it in Old Maroy, was excommunicated. You know, they said this author yeah. is stupid. You know, it's blasphemous. Yep. And it literally is just the royals, you know, keeping that information to themselves. And they're like, fuck you for trying to spread this. We don't want this known. So it makes a lot of sense. And then just another question on top of that is the queen good or evil, do you think? Because I was getting you this queen's being good. And in the last few episodes, I was like, kind of, she's turning, she's turning wow. on us a little bit. I am getting the queen has been around long enough. She knows her rules coming to an end and she's kind of just like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, what was the show where the principal big mouth, where the principal only has two weeks left and every conversation she's like, I only have two weeks left. I don't care. Handle it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where she's at. I think she's just throwing a wrench in everything and seeing what sticks. Um, But Paul, (laughs) earlier you were just like, way in the beginning when we were just talking it out, you said, I don't know if the Strigoi are the bad faction or the Maroi are the bad faction. The Maroi are a bad faction. I think the Maroi are riddled with corruption and the current the current uh, council or whatever they call it has more bad people than good people. Victor is like the voice of reason and morality and he is in the minority right now. Yeah. Speaking of Victor. So wait, before we get to Victor and why, like why he was poisoned, they kind of all goes into one. So obviously Sonia, we find out has healing powers because at the end of three, Victor gets poisoned. And then when you wake up in episode four, you find out that our boy is gay, which I love Um, because his husband's like, what the fuck? And you find out that she had done something. You found out later from Lissa that spirits actually have the power to heal as well. And Lissa's like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody or, or seen it. I don't think anyone actually knows yeah. that you could do this, but obviously she does. But so Victor says like, I wouldn't have asked Sonia to do this because of what it does to her. What do you think are the, like, what's the fallout of her using her powers? What do you think? Definitely the healing powers seem to take a toll physically on your body. I, I can't even speculate, but like she's going to get fucked up eventually. Yeah. That other boot is going to drop. I'm not sure if the compulsion has that much of a detriment to it. Like the ability to just tell people to do stuff. So the one really 
interesting thing about Sonia is when she, you know, revived the bird, her pupils went like dark black, like pure mm-hmm. black. And yeah. that seems to kind of be a theme in this world. You know, that's how you get into the parties. That's your identification card of, of proving who you are. Cool. So the fact that the eye color changed to dark black like that, I don't know what that could represent, but I feel like that's something big that could definitely be touched upon in the future. Like she's, well, she's losing her humanity. Like you were talking about yeah. earlier. Well, she might like go to flash her eyes to get into a party or something. And it'll be black. And he'll be like, what the fuck is going on with your eyes, Sonia? And he yeah. can't really hide that. Yeah. Um, anything else on Sonia? Or the spirit user power in general? Um, I have a good, I mean, we, she's beautiful. She's so beautiful. Oh my God. Um, A decent transition into from Sonia to a next topic. So Sonia brings this issue to Mikhail. She said she's, she's always in the library. She was looking into some things and she was looking into why there were more sugary attacks than usual and found, found out that there were um, some breaches or something like that. Basically she wanted to go to the council and be like, we need to lock this shit down. There's like way more right. breaches. So then in the opening of three, first of all, I didn't realize it was St. Jude. I thought it was um, St. Vladimir's that was getting absolutely fucked. I didn't yeah. realize at first until they show what's his name's the guy with the jaw guy Xavier's chest. I was like, Oh yeah. shit. Thank God. So Shrigoy attack St. Jude, like brutal, brutal attack. But then we find out, it wasn't a breach. So like Paul said, Strigoi usually only fight solo or in twos. Now they're grouping up. Um, but basically the wards were disarmed. So it was an inside job, which is brutal. And they think it was led. Th- I mean, the Strigoi obviously were led by um, Christian's parents. They also think he, they were looking for Christian specifically. So that whole thing is going to be a really good mystery through the whole rest of the series. I can't really say because we, d- we don't know what like sentient Strigoi even means in this world yet. So I'm pumped for that. It's one of my top favorite like mysteries to be solved. I can, if someone wants to take it into that, the realm needs more guardians. Cause that's basically, cause they were just like, everybody fuck more. Yeah. I mean, love that. Right. <laughs> License to bang. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, I mean, guess if your parents are the one hand picking and you don't have a say that kind of sucks, but the whole idea of the queen just coming out and putting out a decree. Hey, everybody needs to, you know, come a little bit extra this, this week, just absolutely hysterical to go into the, the wards being disabled. That's just like another wild thing because again, how do the wards work? What, how are they disabled? I, they need that information. They need to give us that information of, about how you could even, where's, where's the source? What to do? Do you need a monk? Blah, blah, blah. So many unanswered questions. Speaking of monks, how do you feel about the Psy Dogs or Psy Hounds? They cool. were crazy. Cool, but yeah, what the fuck? I'm with Victor. Like, what the? What are you doing sending these chumps out here? Well, out and, and they killed the monk, and Victor yeah. immediately, like at the council, they were like, and our monk was a casualty. Nobody knows why. And Victor was just like, oh, you mean because of the dogs that only the Maroi can command? Wonder what happened there. Jeez. Like, there's so much corruption going on. Um, but yeah, going back to your point, Kathleen, from the St. Jude's massacre, the entire, 
well, not the entire, but the Guardian population, or at least trained up Guardians, were kind of decimated. So there is an an immediate need. And they do the bit like, oh, everybody procreate more, get those numbers up. But then the next episode, they're just kind of like, okay, it's going to take 20 years for them to be trained up and of age to be legit Guardians. We need a more immediate um, action to defend Armavoy. And the first thing that they come up with is just to lower the age of incoming Maroi, which Justin resists to the, I'm sorry, not Justin. Victor resists <laughs> I was like, to Justin? the nail. <laughs> yeah. Which Justin, a vampire diaries character. <laughs> probably, honestly. Um, <laughs> but Victor immediately resists that. And one of the reasons why is he's like, there's no like, there's no benchmark test other than putting them up against a legit Strigoi, which that is a non-starter for me for kids of only 16. Like, for goodness sake, they're they're kids. And that brings us through the whole episode, the benchmark test, which I thought was a pretty good test of them. Like, hey, for the next 24 hours, you are going to be the guardian for the Maroi and the actual guardians will simulate a Strigoi attack and you're going to be judged based on how you handle it. I was hoping that there was going to be like a prodigy 16 year old who just like comes out of it. And I feel like that's still a possibility, honestly, because we haven't gotten to the royal tour. Well, episode five is literally going to be that. I mean, so the um, what was it called? The benchmark test mm-hmm. basically was which was so sick, by the way. The benchmark test yeah. was fucking incredible. I loved that as just like a fun game they did and, and a test. Um, the blood bags was basically capture the flag, but with blood bags, um, mm-hmm. just absolute mayhem. And um but next, since they caught the Shrigoi that was coming after Christian and Mason, they're literally going to put Mason and Rose up against this fucking Shrigoi they found, which is really crazy. So that's going to be that what you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's what's right. happening. Well, because Tatiana is the one pulling the strings. And I think the voiceover was we finally have the votes to push this through. So let's push uh, this through. Yeah. That's their whole thing. Like they know that so long as. Lissa is off the council. They can do whatever the fuck they want because it seems like the whole circle of people that are voting in the majority are all on the same page. And Victor puts it like they're going to send us back to the Stone Age. Like yeah. they are only looking out for Maroi and they don't care what happens to anybody else. Well, that'll be awesome. I mean, I'm high for episode five. Definitely. It definitely seems like Brian uh, from Naruto, like the tuning exams, literally getting like. <laughs> captured thrown in a forest if you want to do demon slayer you know the demon slayer exam getting thrown in the forest with other yeah demons and you got to survive so if that happens you know i'm all for it it's it's weird i don't i don't know how i feel about like the big council scenes or you know first of all victor i had a horrible feeling he was going to be bad but now he's just like the only one standing up for oh, people he rides yeah he rides yeah, for the good guys the He's he's the only one logical at the council meeting, and that's what's pissing me off so much. Is like you guys are supposed to be smart intellectuals leading like the head of your respective regimes, and you're just like, oh well, you know, let's just go sixteen. I don't see a single downside. Like yeah. it's it's bothering me. So Victor is definitely the seems to me the the most logical one in the council, Ooh, and Tatiana is throwing a wrench in everything. Logical for the greater good, but the 
people who are thinking illogically to us are thinking logically to save their own skins, I would say. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you expect from a council that's full of Maroy, royal Maroy, making the rules for everybody? It's like they're they're obviously just going to make decisions that benefit them. They don't really give a fuck. I mean, they do because obviously the Dampier protect them and stuff, but they're making yeah. these decisions that are most likely going to get every, all this Dampier killed because they're not trained enough. You can't throw a 16 year old like they're normally, what, 20 years old or whatever. And you have to. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. And I think this is going to be an ongoing theme throughout the show because Andre, when he was still supposed to secede the queen, he was supposed to burgeon in this completely new age of like forward thinking royalty who are for like Dampier rights, et cetera, et cetera. And then when he died under suspicious circumstances, looking at you, Tatiana, you know, everybody was just like, what's going to happen now? And, you know, the rest of the Maroi are very much trying to solidify their power and keep things the same. I think in the opening credits, Liss is like, we have these outdated rules that nobody has questioned for centuries. So like, that's what we're dealing with here. While we're on the topic of the council in general, Lissa's only route back to the council is through marriage. And it seems like there are four possible people with the Dragomir blood. Three of them are absolute stiffs. And then the fourth is this, (laughs) this Jesse Zeckler character who has a little bit of a reputation, a little bit of a bad boy or just like a dick. Honestly, he seems like no good, but he's got this even more of a dick of a dad. So I don't know what's going on there. It seems like she is going to be pressured into a situation where Jesse is the best suitor of that group of four. I, I hope she finds another way back on the council without marriage because I I do not like that union. But as we know, royalty is forced to marry for worse reasons. Yeah, I I have a wild feeling that Jesse Zeckler, right? That was his name, last name Zeckler. Um, Zeklos, he, actually. Let's stop that train there. Zeklos. Okay, there you go. Zeklos. He totally might be like a Kieran from. The wilds. wilds like he he's like this meathead like rude to everybody but i could definitely see like a turnaround in like an episode of two of him actually becoming a good guy and it's literally because of his dad seeing how his dad treats him you know his dad treats him like shit so he's gonna treat everybody else like shit because that's all he knows and he seems to actually like care about this girl silver the human we were talking about who we believe is human actually you know, she said she was a feeder, right? I, I believe she said the term blood whore. If she's blood whore, then she's Dampier. Feeders are human. All right. We need some clarification. So, so if there's any I, fans I, out there, please I kind of thought before you guys drop some knowledge, I was of the understanding a blood whore was just derogatory slang for a feeder from people okay. who don't respect humans. Um, but yes, please correct us if we're wrong. I think we're all still figuring out the rules. There is 100 things you could correct us on and please correct us on all 100. We have been like going back and forth on a lot of things. If you can correct us, bring it on. We but be it. nice because we're sensitive. We're so sensitive. <laughs> Just like go easy on the starch. I'm sensitive. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Continue. Like so let's, because we just love our boy, Jason, um, let's talk about the car crash. So we, we kind of skipped over it, obviously. It's famous last words. Lissa's like, Everything I could ever want is here right now. Yeah. <laughs> Smash. So 
obviously the dream is we haven't even talked about how connected Rose and Lissa are and how that is not something that's normal between a guardian. Yeah. and a, I don't know if that's because uh, Lissa is a spirit or what, whatever that may be. But Lissa is having this dream about Andre where he's saying, remember, at the car crash, Rose is also having it. It's actually Lissa's dream. We're seeing Rose have it, whatever. What do you think? Do you think that like he's still alive? Something's weird. Do you think that like just uh, just something generally sketchy happened or what? Do you have any theories surrounding that? So theory number one, the car crash was definitely planned by one of the other Maroi. I don't think that's up for debate. I think Andre definitely has some sort of power to communicate or at least have his will heard through these dreams. I I really can't speculate. We did see a tombstone and that he was buried. So I don't know if we're ever going to physically see him in his body again. But since they gave us that dream sequence and he was saying, remember, remember, I feel like he's still going to have a presence through there. I'm just not sure how how far that's going to go. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, is there an afterlife? And is he trying to communicate to them through dreams from the afterlife? Um, but I totally agree that, I mean, one, there was like no other car that we saw. We just literally saw the limo flip and then just roll. And two, even Lissa and Rose, neither of them remember what happened. They just remember like waking up, um, being treated if, if I... I'm recalling that correctly. So it seems like mm-hmm. they were almost drugged or, or somebody had some type of magic to, to wipe their memory. I mean, there's a small chance that they literally were just in a crash and didn't understand anything, but it definitely seems like Andre's trying to communicate, Hey, there was fishy business going on. You saw it. Remember what you saw. Um, and I really hope they do soon because I want to know and I want to see my boy again. Jason. Justice for Jason slash Andre. Justice for Jason. We love that yeah. guy. Andre Bundy. Boy, do we. <laughs> <laughs> Any last final thoughts on the episodes? I mean, we covered four pretty quickly, but I think we did a decent job hitting all the big things. I the only thing is like I want to get introduced to the big bat. Like we might have already been introduced and we just don't know that person's evil. Is it Tatiana? Is it somebody else like it's that's the only thing going forward like it seems to be like the main enemy that they're telling us this is Dragoy. but all right i want to meet the mastermind behind this Dragoy attack or i want to know who's the bad guy overall who should i be rooting against i think we have two right now i think the we have christian's parents quote unquote which i'm more interested in than actually like scared of right now and uh to being tatiana and just like the bad the badness within the council and like victor trying to like overcome all that stuff yeah and we did get some family names like the vogels um jesse's dad zeklos i think that's a royal bloodline too um And both of those guys seem no good. What I'm looking forward to is actually learning more about the positions of all of the individual families on the council. I'm a sucker for just like bloodlines and royal lineages. I think that shit's so cool. Um, So I would like to see them fleshed out a little bit more. Also, I'd like to see Mia and Meredith. I think there was a comment about Meredith being away in passing. 
but we haven't seen her for like an episode or two, right? An approved family leave, I believe Mm -hmm. is what they called it. Yeah, and I did like Meredith. I think she brought out some good stuff in Mia, and Mia was she had her walls up too high. So I'm I'm for that relationship. I'd like to see more of it. But overall thoughts on the first four episode, I was pleasantly surprised with the world building. I think they brought a lot of elements that were pretty generic in sci-fi, but they brought them or fantasy rather they brought them into the vampire lore in a way that I really haven't seen before in, you know, true blood vampire diaries, etc. So I'm really intrigued to find out more about this world and about the Ozeras. A lot of mysteries still to be solved here. Agreed. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to come back next week and have like one episode to focus on so we can really like dig into it. Um, four episodes was a lot, but I liked binging the four all at once. All good. I'm great. All right. And that is our coverage of episodes one through four of Vampire Academy on Peacock. If you like what you heard, give us a follow Bingetown TV on Twitter, Instagram. We have our website, BingetownTV.com. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash TV, where we talk absolute nonsense uh, TV and just goofing around. If you're the first time, if it's your first time listening to Bingetown, there's seven of us. We cover all different kinds of shows. I'm sure you will like some of them. We have about over 250 episodes now um, in our catalog, and they're mostly fun sci-fi fantasy shows just like this one. So go check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts. We are Binge Town TV, and thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 